You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms. We all know that the human body comes in all different shapes and sizes. However, most firearms do not. That is why Savage Arms has rolled out their AccuFit system on the 110 platform. AccuFit uses interchangeable components that allow hunters to custom fit both comb height and the length of pull without taking their rifle to a gunsmith. In fact, the only tool you need is a Phillips head screwdriver. If you want to find out more information about the AccuFit customization system, visit savagearms.com. Maximizer Mineral is top grade, top shelf, top notch. Read your seed tags. Even though it's not a seed, you can read the tag. Read the back of the bag. Check it out. Compare the differences. It's not all about salt content. Uh, If you go to the doctor, and I'm sure that everybody on here has been told, hey, you don't need to be eating any more salt. It's not doing anything for you. Well, it's the same way with the mineral, man. Actually, you want real minerals, not just one. Too much salt, bad, bad thing. So, man, that was super simple right there. I love it. Sure was. Just like the product. It's simple, but it's effective. Throw out some Maximizer Mineral. Head out to www.realworldwildlifeproducts.com and identify a dealer near you if you want to feed something out to your deer herd that actually makes a difference. Check it out. That's what I call pro talk. When you really don't know the answer, you just make it up. My rut is that I am in a rut. To get the pilot of Red Arrow going. There's really a way to skip class. I want to say, hey, those boys right there are entertaining. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said on this podcast. Alex Rutledge here with American Roots Outdoors TV. Hey, this is Lee and Tiffany Lukowski from the Crest TV. Hi, I'm Don Higgins. This is Jeff Lindsay. Hey, everybody, this is Mark Dury with Dury Outdoors. Hey, this is Craig Fitz with Crane Assassins TV. You're listening to Dave and JP on Pro Talk Outdoors, the craziest two I know. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pro Talk Outdoors. Dave and JP calling you from our Indiana lease just a little bit up the road from where I'm building the house. And, man, we're out here parked by the lake watching the water go down a little bit, some wind hitting it. What a beautiful day. Man, it is beautiful. And first off, let me say I apologize if we get some popping in here. This is probably not going to be the best sound quality that we put out, but at the same time might get some ambient noises with some ducks and geese and whatnot, maybe even a maybe even a splash with a fish jumping in the background. Well, and, and based on whatever you ate last night, there might be some other ambient noises that pop up on occasion as well. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. It, it, th- those are not frogs. Those are not ducks. 
Mallards, man, Mallards. So we had a, an awesome morning. We've been together a few hours already, and here it is, uh, not even 10 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. And, uh, man, we did some frost seeding over in Kentucky, drove back over here to Indiana, frost seeded here. And I'm so excited about these clover plots. And, and the, the two areas are in different shape than one another. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's no secret to anyone that's listened to our podcast over the last four years to know that we are huge fans of real-world wildlife products. And it's funny, JP, on the way on the way from the Kentucky property over here to Indiana, you had mentioned something, and I thought, man, that I'm kind of right there with you. It's almost like, I mean, it's tough to go against the Deadly Dozen because we are such huge fans of the Deadly Dozen. Each year we're killing a good deer over top of the Deadly Dozen in the fall. For sure. But clover has so many advantages over anything else out there. And uh, not just, you know, the fact that it's from spring in the turkeys all the way through the fall. But, you know, I'm seeing a whole lot of positive results on clover plots through the dead of winter. I'm talking pawing through snow to get to the clover, and that's amazing. It really is, and it's a, a testament to the staying power of the plant to, to just stay so robust for so long and take such browse pressure. Uh, you know, it's like you said, Deadly Dozen, it, it's still my favorite food plot, but clover is getting closer and closer to that number one spot every year. And, and the other benefit about it is it's the busy man's food plot. You know, if you're busy or you're very limited on resources, you can sustain a good clover plot for years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and it's it's low maintenance. You know, um, I it, every year we get we get lots of messages with guys saying, "Hey, man, I'd like to have your advice. What should I plant?" You know, and the first question that I always throw out there is, you know, obviously tell me a little bit about your property. Tell me about your equipment situation. Um, how often are you able to get to the property? You know, because you need to know those things and, and what their goals are as far as are they wanting a uh, full season plot, you know, something that can be good for turkeys as well as deer in the fall, something to, to give good food source in the summertime. But it's really hard. And, and look, I make no bones about it. The, the beans are my favorite. They, they probably always will be. I love the real world soybeans. But... The fact that, you know, we've had a couple of mild falls, you know, here recently in Indiana and Kentucky. And when you have those, you don't really get uh, the full effect of how positive hunting can be over top of those beans, you know, when you say you get into Novemberish, Because mm-hmm. once the defoliation happens, there is a brief period of time where the deer won't hit it hard. They'll still eat the beans, but they won't hit them hard until you get that really cold snap because they're high in oil content, so those deer are feeding on it heavily when it's cold. We haven't had that really cold weather that drives all the deer to the beans. Two however, years. Yeah, and however, in that same situation, you know, the clover is still firing away. I mean, the deer are still hitting that green clover uh, with a consistent uh, regularity, you know. So yeah, th- that's one of the things that I always, it seems like I'm always recommending Plant the clover chicory. Plant the clover chicory. Because, number one, you said it's it's kind of an every working man's food plot. Yeah. Because little maintenance. You you can spray it, but you don't have to. You know, Don Higgins himself says, mow it. And that's what we've done. We've done that for years. We've got some clover plots that have been in rotation for three, four years now. 
and the only maintenance we've done is mowing it once a month in the summer. And frost seed it every, yeah. you know, late February, early March. Yeah, and it, it takes off. And, and the beauty of it is, you know, I know and you know, the frost seeding that we've done today. And we, you, you said they're in different shapes, both the, all the properties we have. So some of them we're just frost seeding over existing clover plots. Some of them we're frost seeding over what we had in the deadly dozen last fall. And I know that with confidence that by the time that turkey season rolls around, which it's not too far away. Six weeks. We're going to have some really fresh sprouting clover in all of those plots. And the, the turkeys are going to be just driven to it. I mean, we're going to have great turkey hunts there. Oh, it's it's going to be incredible. And you know, the other thing about clover that's so awesome, in addition to the maintenance and its performance, is, you know what, truthfully, it's really affordable as well. I mean, oh, yes, it, it as, as far as economics, if you're concerned about churning out a chunk of change and maybe something not working out, you really don't have that concern with clover. Its success rate is very, very high, and its cost is pretty low in the grand scheme of things. Really, its bang for its buck is really, really good. And and for guys like us, and this is a very important factor, it's hard to screw it up. Oh, and, and trust <laughs> me, if if it could be screwed up, we would have found a way. Really hard to screw it up. So, um, you know, we've got a, a great guest lined up today, and I'm excited to talk to our guest because uh, it, one of one of our favorite people in the outdoors. Absolutely. You know, a, a young guy. And, uh, you know, uh, it's it's Wes Delks, uh, co-owner of Real World Wildlife Products. But Wes is just a guy that gets it. He's grounded, he's humble, but he's driven, and he's a land manager. And he's he is getting results. We're looking forward to bringing him on after the break. You're listening to Pro Talk Outdoors. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pro Talk Outdoors. And as promised, we're with the uh, – Always impressive, Wes Delks from Real World Wildlife Products. And, and Wes, thank you so much for, for coming on with us. I think it's been, uh, I don't know, roughly a, a year or so since you've been on. And, uh, man, it's, it's always a pleasure. And you continue to grow a very impressive resume in the whitetail world. <laughs> well, thanks, JP. I don't know that I'm worthy of that introduction, but uh, just doing what I love and thankful to be doing what I'm doing. Well, I mean, your your record of success lately has just been in, incredible, and obviously now you're you're doing all these things with Real World, and and you've added uh, land consultation in with it, and uh, you know we kind of want you to consult with us and and our listeners today a little bit about something that that Dave and I have been doing for years, but you know we're we're huge fans of, and it's truthfully growing in our uh, world of affection for for plots is frost seeding clover and, and just clover in general. Obviously this time of year is kind of the back end of when you can frost seed, but uh, today was the perfect day in our areas. And we wanted to pick yeah. your brain a little bit about uh, some of the general rules of thumb that anybody that's just getting into food plotting should follow when they want to establish a clover plot. Sure. Yeah. Let's dig into it. Well, I mean, rattle off a couple, you know, what's the first two or three, main thing somebody needs to keep in mind when they're trying to establish a, a first-time plot let's start there uh clover plot absolutely um well for frost seeding rules general rules of thumb um as far as the real world lineup goes there's only two uh products that you can frost seed and that's switchgrass and our and our clover chicory blend um a lot of people ask uh, well, can we frost seed the 
bedding in a bag if you can frost seed switchgrass. No, you can't. The <clears throat> the Indian grass and the big blue stem will not do as well uh, frost seeded. Um, it, it doesn't like to be frost seeded. It really needs to wait till higher soil temps. It needs to be drilled in. Uh, but the switchgrass, it likes frost seeding. And uh, as far as that goes, the switchgrass should be frost seeded earlier in the year. And I mean like December, January, before sometime before Valentine's Day. And then from Valentine's Day into mid-March, that's perfect clover frost seeding time. And the, uh, the reason for that is the switchgrass just has a little tougher coat. Um, it needs to go through more freezing and thawing, uh, go through that stratification process. Um, if you look on the seed tag of a switchgrass bag, it will say um, X amount, X percentage of germination, but it will also say X percentage of hard seed or dormant seed. And um, that seed that um, in the germination test was dormant, but doesn't necessarily mean that it's not uh, viable. Um, it just needs to go through more stratification, more through more freezing and thawing. And if you drill your switchgrass in April or May, then you're going to get more germination the following year as that dormant seed goes through freezing and thawing that winter. Uh, but if you frost seed, you will have a slightly better germination rate just because you're getting more freezing and thawing on that dormant seed. So, Wes, I mean, when you when you frost seed a, a clover plot, if it's the very first time you have a plot in that area, how do you need to prep that spot in the fall? Um, well, you want to make sure when you frost seed that uh, you do are getting some kind of seed-to-soil contact. Um, if you're doing it in the woods and um, you're getting a fall of, uh, I mean, all all the leaves falling down and you're broadcasting or on top of a, a thick leaf layer, that's obviously not ideal. Um, you want to go in there with the leaf blower or something so you can get that um, seed to soil contact as best as you can. If there's a little leaves in, in a plot. That's okay. Um, but if you're, if you're knowing you're going to frost seed a, a, um, a spot uh, the, the following year, the, the, the fall prior I would suggest having that in a food plot like a real world oats or uh, harvest salad and just frost seed into that f uh, fall plot sometime in February or March. You know, you, you mentioned the, uh, the wooded area. I've got a, I've got a plot that uh, is out in the middle of the woods. It's about an acre in size and yep. I've had it in clover for, this is my third year now. And mm -hmm. every year I, I do the old, uh, you know, fire up the leaf blower and go out there and um takes me about an hour or so to get the leaves blown off, you know, off of the, uh, the plot because it's about an acre in size. And I, that is a total game changer, you know, because it, it does allow, I mean, what I'm shocked at, Wes, is how quick the green up actually takes place in not, yeah. not only in the, the, the existing clover plots that you're, you're frost seeding over, but also, you know, you'd mentioned the uh, the oats or the harvest salad. We've we've kind of made a habit lately of um, picking a deadly dozen plot that we you know we had in the fall and going back and frost seeding that in clover, and we've had tremendous success with doing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the real world team has an email 
group and uh, Dwayne Hopkins are uh, he just sent an email out to everybody a couple days ago uh, commenting on how uh, just here in the last few days how it uh, got sunny and uh, in the harvest salad the barley really turned green in people's cl- in people's harvest salad plots uh, with the, just a little bit of sunshine and I was seeing the same thing in my clover plot uh, right behind my house it's just a, a little bit of sunshine can uh, get some species uh, like that barley and our clover and our uh, clover chicory blend uh, just get things green and uh, get deer starting to come back and nibble on things a little bit yeah you, you'd mentioned Dwayne and um, I think Dwayne has given um, I, it's it's probably really simple advice but I think it's probably the best advice that that I've heard when it comes to frost seeding clover and it comes down to the uh, where the soil is at and when's a good time to frost seed versus not and it's that you know when you can uh, you can walk on your boots on the on the ground and you're not really digging up any kind of mud you're you're golden but then when you get to that magic time where it's thawing just enough to where you're starting to get a little sloppy and your your boots are tracking up some mud you're probably uh, doing more harm than good to try to frost seed then because you're yeah. going around sticking a lot of seed to your boots. And, yeah. you know, it, we've had, you know, JP had mentioned earlier, but we had that magical time frame this morning. It was it was perfect for us because everything is frosted over good. But as we're, as we're finishing up, the sun is getting on these plots pretty well, and it's starting to get a little tacky now. But, mm-hmm. you know, we got it down just perfect and got off of it in time. Yep. Yep, for sure. And uh, obviously, you guys being in Indiana and me being in Illinois, uh, that's the case here. But I just came from Michigan uh, yesterday, and they're still in switchgrass frost seeding time frame up there. Um, I was walking through a property that had two and three foot snow drifts, so they're still a long ways away from uh, from spring up there, and that uh, they still got time to frost seed switchgrass. Well, Wes, I want to ask you. Obviously, we've got people that listen from various different regions. We've got a, a you know a good following here, close to where we're at. But we've got some folks that are down south. We've got folks that are up north, different regions. Um, they've probably got questions about the time frame, and, and we've touched on those. But they've they've also got to have questions on how heavily do you frost seed, especially when it comes to an existing plot. So, you know, if they have a half acre they're looking to do that's fresh and has no clover in it, it's pretty easy. You know, you need a half acre's worth of clover seed. But what if you have an existing plot? How much is too much? And what is the ratio that maybe wouldn't be enough? Yeah, if I'm going into an existing clover plot, I like to run about half to two-thirds um of the suggested rate so uh, i'm putting in an existing plot i'm putting about five to seven pounds per acre okay and and what happens if you overdo it with clover you really can't hurt it um i mean if you overdo it with plot topper which is brassica species or switchgrass um you don't want to overdo switchgrass um but with clover you really can't overdo it um, your switchgrass, your plot topper, those are both species kind of similar to like um, uh, corn for a farmer. If a, if a farmer puts his corn too close together, it's going to stun. It's not going to be able to reach its full potential. He's never going to be growing 200 bushel corn. Um, and that's the way you need to think about switchgrass and plot topper. Um, you put that switchgrass too close to e- each other and it's not going to 
meet its full potential. It's not going to have as good as winter standability. Um, but with Clover, you really can't mess it up. Um, if anything, um, yeah, I put too much on. So a good tip for guys that are struggling to get um, good uh get across the entire plot and not get rid of the the entire amount of seed is mix it with lime or mix it with fertilizer or get some kind of um, something in there um, just to make it go farther. And that way you can get across your entire plot and, um, and still have some in your jug and then go back across instead of getting halfway done and realizing, Oh crap, I just went through 10 pounds of seed and a half acre. Yeah, I've heard of uh, guys using sand for that as well mm-hmm. at times. And, and, you know, something that we do, and, I, and I'm sure a lot of people do this as well, but um, we don't utilize uh, a bag sprayer or a, a bag seeder or we don't utilize any uh, ATV equipment or anything like that for seeders whenever we're we're putting out clover. We just like to put it in the hand, you know, the little the smaller handheld seeders, and that way you can yep. kind of – you can really have choke a, it down. Yeah, you, you can choke it down. You can have a better eye on exactly what kind of uh, output you're getting from your, your seed uh, whenever you're walking across the plot. And uh seems to work out that really well that way. So, I mean, I, I guess so. essentially the only way that you're hurting yourself if you overseed an existing uh, clover plot is you're, you're essentially costing yourself a little extra money because you're putting more seed down than you actually need. But... Yeah. Um, you know, for the amount of money that you're you're essentially costing yourself, it's it's really not a bad deal because you're you're insured yeah. to get a good coverage. Yeah, um, I like having clover on the property. That's for sure. Um, it, for those guys that are doing small plots, um, for guys that uh, right behind my house, it's about an acre and a half. And then the first year I was here, I planted it in beans. And in some areas, in a lot of areas an acre and a half is not going to stand up to the browse pressure if it's planted in soybeans and clover can just take a beating. It can take a lot of browse pressure and, um, it grows a little bit, gets browsed a little bit, grows a little bit. And so I really like having clover on a property, um, with, with a, every property, particularly a bigger property, I like having greens, grains, and legumes and a, a clover a lot of times being that legume. Yeah, that's uh, that's some great advice right there. Now, let me ask you this question uh, because th- this is something that that I know. I mean, JP and I we we're versed in this, but there's going to be a lot of guys listening to this that's going to think uh, they're going to listen to this and and they're going to say, "Well, I'm going to go with clover, and I'm going to go down here to my local co-op, and I'm just going to have them throw a bag of ladino seed or whatever white clover they can get, uh, put a mixture together, and uh, and they're going to roll with that." Give give us some idea of why that might be a good idea or why that might be a bad idea, and and what's the advantages of going with a real world clover versus the co op seed? Yeah, um, so when you go to the co op, when it comes to clover, um, it's not necessarily a um, a bad thing. Uh, the thing is, is when you go to a co op. There's a lot of different ladino clovers. There's a lot of different white clovers, and there's some that are more attractive than others. And when that co-op buys a ladino clover, they might be buying one variety one year, and you put out that clover and have excellent results. The deer are hammering it. And then the next year, you go back to the co-op and get that get a ladino clover, 
but they're just buying Ladino clover in bulk. They're not buying a specific variety. Um, Real World's done the varietal comparisons to find the best varieties that whitetails are attracted to, and then we sell those same varieties in our mixture year after year. So when you buy a jug of Real World clover and chicory, you know you're getting the varieties that are most attractive. And in addition to that, isn't there some tissue samples that, that have been done over the years as well to determine, you know, the the levels of, um, you know, protein and not protein, but, uh, you know, the, all, the, all the levels of the nutrients that are in each, each blend or in each seed type to make sure that it's at the uh, highest palatability? Yep. There is, um, and that, that's probably a Dwayne question. He can answer that with more expertise than I could. Um, but yes, uh, with all of our with all of our products, all of our varieties, we always take tissue samples, and um, we're always curious as to what makes that particular variety more attractive, and whether it's yeah higher protein or higher oil oil content, or uh, no matter what the crop is, we're always looking at that tissue analysis and. Um, curious as to why are the deer preferring that so Wes let's say that somebody has done everything correctly they prepped properly in the fall they timed it well in you know the late winter early spring they chose a good blend of clover to to put out and they made all of those right moves that that clover does incredibly well in April for them May comes around and they're thinking you know maybe I need to mow it maybe I need to spray at some point in June what, what kind of good advice can you give on a regular maintenance plan that the everyday guy can keep up with without overdoing it or underdoing it? Yeah, we get a phone calls every once in a while into the office, people asking, do you guys have a Roundup-ready clover? <laughs> and uh, we don't. Um, but it's really pretty simple. Um, general rule of thumb, if you're getting broadleaf weeds in your plot, um, and those would be like, mare's tail or velvet leaf or lamb's corner or giant ragweed if you're getting those kind of um, weeds wait till they're about eight to ten inches tall and mow it um, those types of weeds when you mow them um, will not be able to uh, uh, grow uh, nearly as well as the clover will uh, so if you're getting broadleaf weeds mow if you're getting grass weeds uh, foxtails um different grassy uh, weed species, then you want to spray with active ingredient clethodim. Uh, and clethodim is a grass killer. So general rule of thumb, broadleaf weeds mow, grass weeds spray with active ingredient clethodim. Perfect. Yeah, and, and I'll, I, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, JP and I, we're, uh, we're as, as novice of food plotters, even though we do it a lot. You know, we put out a lot of food plots, but... Uh, I can tell you, we've never sprayed a clover plot. We yeah. we mow it for maintenance, mm-hmm. and uh, and we we're getting three four years production. Yeah, you know, good consistent production out of the clover plots, and that's just going back and frost seeding when you need to every year and uh, hitting those spots. But it's amazing how well uh, a clover plot can be maintained just by mowing it when it needs to be mowed, and and it seems like those clover. Uh, all the legumes, the legumes and the clover just choke out all the other weeds that you don't want there. I mean, you, you have some weeds yeah. that grow in there, but uh, by and large, most of it just gets taken care of with the mower. For sure. 
Yeah. Well, Wes, let's transition a little bit and, and talk about some of the consultation you've been doing lately. Obviously, you know, with, with everything you've got going on with, with Real World, you, you guys are incredibly successful, and I know that's bringing a lot of folks to you saying, I need a little bit extra attention. Obviously, I know the products are great, but I need somebody to look at my canvas, if you will, and give me some pointers out how to better paint it. Uh, so obviously that's opened up some doors for you, and you know I'd love to hear how that's going and, and what the best ways somebody can present their property to be consulted on. Yeah, uh, well, I'm really thankful for the opportunity to be consulting with Higgins Outdoors. Um, I'm by no means a whitetail expert. Um, I'm just a guy that has been blessed with the opportunity to be around someone who I consider the best deer hunter in the real world, and that's Don Higgins. Um his top five bucks average 204 inches. <laughs> and unreal. this is a guy, unreal. Yeah, unreal. And this is a guy that, I mean, he's not killing uh, deer in Southern Iowa on a thousand acre piece of highly managed ground with a high powered rifle on a bait pile. That, that's not what he's doing. Um, he's killing deer on real world properties. The 185 inch he killed this year was really close to public ground in a two acre thicket. So, um, just what he's doing in the real world in highly pressured areas is absolutely incredible. And, um, I've been blessed to hunt on his farm, help him, uh, with, uh, various stuff on his farm. We have a lease together and just being around him for several years. Um, I've incorporated his system, if you will, into my hunting and it has dramatically increased my success. And anytime I get the chance to share that system, with somebody else, I consider it a privilege. And, um, I, I consider myself an educator. And, uh, when I put a plan together for somebody, I don't want to just hand them a plan and say, Hey, here, do this. Um, this is what, <laughs> this is what's best. I, I don't like to do that. Um, I actually start out my consultation visit with about a 20 minute PowerPoint presentation. And what I'm trying to do is I believe that somebody can execute the details of their plan if they understand the why, why are we doing what we're doing? And I, I want to under, them to understand that Higgins system, if you will, um, as to why um, this type of system works. And I share that with them and then uh, uh, walk the property and within a couple of weeks, get them a plan on exactly what uh, we would do or uh, what I would do if, uh, um, if I were to be in their shoes. So I really enjoy it. Um, have uh, had the opportunity to be on quite a few farms this year from Oklahoma uh, to New York and from uh, Wisconsin down to Tennessee. So it's uh, it's taken me uh, far and wide. I haven't gone to all those places yet, but uh, Tennessee's coming up here in the next couple of weeks and uh, New York. Uh, I'm planning on heading once the snow comes off. So I uh, was in Oklahoma um couple weeks ago now and um i had a, a, a visit in indiana that was five degrees and then uh, a week later i was in oklahoma in 75 degree weather so i believe i'd um, want to work in oklahoma a little bit more right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, it, it's been fun well wes it's been a pleasure man before we let you go uh let everybody know where to keep up with you and what you're doing how to keep up with real world and if they want to get in on a consultation themselves how they can do that yeah, um, you can check out uh, realworldwildlifeproducts.com, or if you're interested in the consultations, you can go to higginsoutdoors.com. Um, and if uh, you want to reach out to me, uh, my email is wes 
at realworldwildlifeproducts.com. Would love to chat with you or answer any questions you might have. Awesome. Well, man, hang with us through the break. You're listening to Pro Talk Outdoors. Hey, everybody. Hope you've enjoyed this episode so far of uh, Pro Talk Outdoors. We're going to put a pretty bow on it and send you on your way. I, I think uh, Wes, obviously, you know, more versed than what we are in, in clover chicory blends and, uh, you know, the benefits they can bring to you as a person, the wildlife and, and your farm. And obviously there's a right way and a wrong way to do anything. But if you're anything like us at Pro Talk Outdoors and in a rut, you're pretty good at, at messing up every once in a while. And, you know, maybe you want a little insurance <laughs> policy that you know, I'd sure like to do something that I got less chance of screwing up. And uh, I think the moral of today's story is we think that's clover. Clover is fantastic. It really is. And, uh, you know, just a side note about Wes. You know, I I remember the first time I met Wes, I was, uh, oh, it was a few years back. You know, Eric and I went on uh, a turkey trip out to uh, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And on the way, on the way out there, or actually on the way back, which one was it? No, on the way out there. Yeah, we, uh, we went by Don's farm. And, and he was doing a switchgrass burn. So we went out there to help with that and, and uh, got some, some cool video footage and, you know, some drone footage as well. Wes was there helping. And, um, you know, Wes is a young man. I mean, he's he's quite a bit. Uh, he's my age. Yeah, he's a young guy, you know. But I, I knew right away whenever I met Wes, I was like, you know, this guy, he has got it going on. You know, intelligent. Uh, one of those people that you meet that genuinely care about your opinion and wants to hear what your thoughts are you know when he asks you a question he really wants to know the answer you know we've all met those type of people that they just they're waiting for their turn to talk instead of listening to what you have to say Wes is not that person Wes actually you know he he really if he asks you a question he wants to know the answer and it's because he 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 cares about it and uh and I knew that right away from meeting Wes so I can see where you know if um I own a piece of property which I don't right now will soon Wes was is somebody that I would love to have out to my property to give me some consultation because I know he's very intelligent. He does know a good system and he uh he goes about things the right way and he does care about your results. So he's somebody I would very much welcome on my properties to give me a consultation. And he, and he's going to do it respectfully. I mean, I think you you're really hitting on it right there. There there's guys that you can ask advice of in in every different thing in the world whether it's a a baseball coach or you know, a, a business coach of some kind or, or what have you, uh, sometimes they can they can be a little over the top or a little self-serving, maybe a little pompous in ways, you know, a know-it-all. But Wes is not going to come across in that fashion at all. And uh, I, I think if you can't level with him, then you might want to look in the mirror. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good way to put it. And obviously the, the clover side of things, we hope this has been informational for you. If you've got any questions and, and you don't really want to reach out to Wes, reach out to us. We'll be happy to answer what, what we can help out with. And if we don't know the answer to your questions, we will get them answered by the folks that do. So uh, always appreciate interacting with, with listeners and uh, the haters and the fans all alike. Yeah, and the people that laugh at us all the time. Cause well, they've, we, they've got good reason for I, that. I give them plenty of fodder for that. Well, hey, it's almost uh, missing season for you. Oh, too soon, JP. Or too Dublin soon. season. <laughs> yeah, it was, speaking of which, you know, 
Guys, if you haven't checked out our stuff on Carbon TV, in a rut on Carbon TV, we've got uh, a few seasons on there already, and getting ready to to start dropping some uh, some turkey hunts. We've got several it's be turkey a heck hunts of a that we're going to be sharing. Yeah, it's it's a great season of Innistrut that look forward to sharing with you folks. We're finalizing some episodes right now, and that'll be dropping real soon. And uh, yeah, there's uh, let's just say the first episode is going to be a comedy of uh, screw ups on my part. Uh, and then doubling down on some <laughs> getting it going the right direction. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. We don't want to tease too much, but I uh, hope you tune into that on on Carbon TV and obviously follow our social media, and you'll be able to to snag it. But we're gonna shut up now, so we can go find some sheds. Sounds good. Let's go find them. Until next time, hook them or hunt them. Pro Talk Outdoors. Later, guys. <laughs>